Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. We are concluding the series we've been in called Small Things, Big Difference. Small Things, Big Difference. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this uh, series. I hope you have. hope you've been encouraged by it uh, as much as I have. And uh, so today we'll conclude it. And uh, yeah, so if you're here for the first time today, week one, we talked about our, uh, we talked about our priorities. Can somebody say Priorities. Right, so we looked in the book of Haggai, and Haggai was um, one of the minor prophets, and he challenged the people to he, he challenged the people to consider their ways, consider your ways, or to examine your priorities, examine the things that you are putting first before the Lord. And his ministry was to call the people to rebuild the temple, and so he was saying, "Are we focused on what the Lord's doing and building His kingdom, or are we focused on?" building our own kingdom and worried about our own investments, but are we invested in the Lord and what he is doing? Week two, we talked about the tongue. Can somebody say the tongue? The tongue. The tongue. So the tongue, a small thing that can make a big difference, whether good or bad. We talked about, uh, the question there was, what does my tongue say about me? And I, I know about you, but for me, that's always a uh, challenging question, especially that verse that says, out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks, right? So out of the abundance of what is in our hearts, the mouth will speak. And so we talked about uh, what does our tongue reveal about what's in our hearts and our minds in us? What does it reveal? Last week, week three, uh, was awesome, awesome, powerful message. We talked about the effects of our choices. Can somebody say choices? choices. So we looked at the life of Moses and how Moses lived a life of faith rather than fear. Is anybody in here would love to live a life of faith? Anybody? A couple. Just two. Okay. Amen. There we go. So, yeah, so all of us want to live a life of faith as Moses did. And Moses rejected uh, the pleasures of this world. He rejected position, and he just wanted to please the Lord. And so uh, today, uh, we'll be talking um, about the last uh, part of the small things that will make a big difference. So in summary, you know, our priorities, our choices, our words will make a small, well, they're small, but can make a big difference. And today, we're talking about habits. Can somebody say habits? So I walked in church this morning and, uh, you know, talking about habits today and um, looking at the spread of all the goodness. And I about turned around, went home and uh, scratched everything and said, we're going to talk about living in the moment. OK, that was going to be the new title of today's message. Living in the moment. You can have anything you want. OK, but today we're talking about habits. All right. We're talking about habits and uh, it's going to be good. So can somebody say with me, I confess, I got some bad habits. But with the Lord's help, I can form some good ones. Amen, amen. Now we're on the same page. We all got some bad habits. Pray with me, please. God, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're, you are here in this place. Um, thank you, Father, for, for loving us, Jesus, for giving us this opportunity to grow closer to you, 
to grow closer to each other, to learn about who you are. Um, God, you are uh, unsearchable, Father. You're rich. You're just uh, rich in mercy, Father. Thank you, Lord, for um, just allowing us to hear your word, to be encouraged by you, to be challenged by you, Father. I pray that you would just speak to our hearts, that you would uh, speak to the deep places of our minds, and that you would just uh, bring us to the place we need to be in you. We love you, Father. We pray all these things in your name, and we all say amen, amen. amen. Okay, so we'll be talking, our main text will be out of uh, Hebrews 12, verse 5 through 6. Um, this is out of the CE version, and this is what it says. It says, but have you forgotten that the scriptures say to God's children, when the Lord punishes you, don't make light of it. And when he corrects you, don't be discouraged. The Lord corrects the people he loves and disciplines those he calls his own. Question, how many of you have ever been disciplined by your parents growing up? Anybody? Discipline? Yes. Room full. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not talking about, okay, you come here, you go sit in that corner and think about what you did. I'm talking about you feel the pain that is associated with your bad mistakes. Anybody? <laughs> Amen. So I'm talking about. So being disciplined, okay? I have been disciplined as well. We all share the same struggle of getting um, in trouble and feeling the pain of what that is. So um, you know, the Bible tells us actually, because you know, we all grew up hearing, you know, spare the rod. What's the rest? Spoil the child, right? So if you spare, if you withhold the rod, you spoil the child. But if you use a rod diligently, you love them, right? My father really loved me. He really loved me, okay? I mean, he did. He really loved me. And uh, he did not spare that rod, let me tell you. So let me tell you uh, one time about uh, when I got in trouble at school, okay? So you guys remember Pokemon? Who remembers Pokemon? All right, okay, yes. All right, it was a big deal when I was in elementary, okay? Big deal. I love Pokemon. I watched it all the time, okay? It was a huge cartoon. Everybody was into it, okay? And not only did you watch the cartoon, you had the cards. You got the Pokemon cards, okay? And so I'm sitting down watching Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, Pokemon, go, all right? Let's do it. Got my cards in my hand. I got my thick stack that I've collected, you know, borrowed, stolen, you know, bought, mostly. Stolen, but that's besides the point. So, got these cards in my hand, okay? And we're watching, I'm watching Pokemon, and I got my cards, and I'm just super excited about it. But one thing you have to know is that my parents were convinced that Pokemon were of the devil. The devil, okay? They believed it wasn't Pokemon, but it was demonic, okay? Demon, okay? Demons, all right? Uh, and so they didn't like it, but I watched it. I love to watch it, okay? And so I was at school, <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm in the back of the class with my friend, and, you know, we're just talking about the cards he has, and, you know, this is like, has anybody collected, like, baseball cards, basketball cards, anybody collected that kind of stuff? So, you know, right, you collect your cards. And so he had a binder. He had a binder. I didn't have a binder. I had a thick stack of Pokemon cards that I shoved in my pocket or my book bag. That's what I had. So, you know, he had his binder, and in the beginning, of, the beginning of the binder was like the weakest Pokemon the, at the end was like the strongest, and they have like holographic, and the ones that only come out one time a year. He had all those. We we're talking about a swapping cards. And so then the teacher comes, excuse me. And so she comes right to us. He has a binder, though. Goes ahead and closes his binder, puts that bad boy up. I got the stack of cards in my hand. I'm trying to shuffle it back in my pocket like, this is not good. This is not good. I should have got that binder, right? So I got in trouble, all right? Give my parents a phone call. 
hey, your son is playing with demon cards. You need to come pick him up, okay? <laughs> so got in trouble. I got whooped for that, right? But I needed that discipline in order that I would not get in trouble again, right? I needed to be disciplined to save me from trouble, to save me from getting myself into trouble, from causing corruption in the class, and from you know, doing things I shouldn't be doing in the first place. Right? So I needed discipline so that I could live a disciplined life. And honestly, that is the main theme for today. If you don't get anything else of what I talk about today, the main theme today is we need the Lord's discipline in order to live disciplined lives, period. We just need it. We just need his discipline in order to live disciplined lives. That is uh, the point of today's message, right? Because I don't, I don't have to remind you or tell you, but we all know that we are all prone to wander, right? We're all prone to wander and do our own thing. All of us, we're bent towards sin and rebellion. All of us are. We, we naturally crave what our flesh wants. We want to please our flesh naturally. We need guidance. We need correction and we need discipline naturally because we are still in this flesh that wants its own desires fulfilled. And I think it's cool that, you know, not cool, but interesting and funny and cool, I guess, that God has used the animal. Out of all animals in the world, God used to describe us, he used a sheep, right? We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So he has described us as being sheep. And you all know that sheep are not the smartest creatures on the face of the earth, right? Sometimes sheep wander off and do their own thing. Sometimes they wander towards a cliff. And then there's other sheep like, hey, where are you going? It looks like a good time. We're right behind you. And then you got some sheep about to go off a cliff, okay? So sheep are not the smartest animals out there. They don't have any sorts of self-defense traits or qualities within them. So they desperately need a shepherd to guide and lead them. In the same way, we also need a good shepherd to lead and guide us because our flesh wants to do what it wants to do. And the same thing is true when it comes to our habits. When it comes to our habits, we desire to please our flesh. And I'll be the first to say, I do. I want to please my flesh when it comes to my habits. Right? So, but the thing is, talking about habits, habits come because we're disciplined. And the truth is that we are all, everyone in this room, we're all disciplined. All of us. But we're just disciplined to do the wrong things. We're disciplined in the wrong ways. We're disciplined to please our flesh, like I said, myself included. And so we have consistent disciplines that we've done that, that became habit, and now we just do it all the time because we just are so used to it. For example, tell me why I will make a cup of coffee, okay? I'll make a cup of coffee. It's good, who likes coffee? There we go, almost the entire room. I'll make a cup of coffee. Then I'll get some creamer, right? Who doesn't like creamer in their coffee? I mean, some of you don't, but I'll get creamer, <laughs> right? I want creamer. But here's the deal. Don't, okay, don't give me 2%, okay? If you know me, you won't give me whole milk, okay? I, I, I might try almond, all that stuff. Let me find the creamiest, most sugariest creamer you got in your fridge. Where is that? Let me pour that in my cup. Thank you. I'm not done. Where's your sugar, okay? Where's your sugar at? Yes, I've got my creamer and I got my sugar too, okay? And I don't want brown sugar, I don't want stevia. Let me get white sugar, okay? Let me get white sugar, 
all right, for my coffee, all right? I know all y'all judge me right now, but I'm being real. I'm letting you know this is my habit, okay? <laughs> this is my habit. This is what I gotta break. So I've been disciplined in the wrong way to do this all the time. It's almost every morning, right? Almost every, every day, two cups, maybe one. So that may, not be your, that may not be your deal. Maybe you don't drink coffee, but maybe you drink soda, and that's just what you drink all the time, or maybe you know, we sleep in late a little bit, or we get sucked into so social media, or whatever it is. Whatever it is, we have a habit, right? And we've disciplined ourselves in doing the wrong things because our flesh naturally wants to do what it wants to do. But the opposite is also true regarding our habits and our discipline. So we can also be consistent in good disciplines. And some of you guys have amazing disciplines. Some of you, some of you guys are disciplined in reading your word, right? Every morning or night you're reading that word and you're disciplined and it's a good habit, it's a great habit. Or maybe you're disciplined in praying and you pray, you have a set aside time where you pray with your family or your wife. You, you got that, you have it down packed. Or maybe you're good with your finances. You, you do good with your money. You are frugal, it's awesome. You know how to save. Right? Or maybe you're good with, with jogging or you, you go on a walk or whatever it is. You have a good habit. So you've been disciplined. So the opposite is also true, which is great. So uh, in the same way we form bad habits through consistent disciplines, I believe God, through, through God and, and with his help, we can have good habits through consistent disciplines as well. So my question is, how can we form good, consistent habits? Now, you may be asking, why is this even important? Why are you talking about this? I don't get it. We're about to eat some food, and you over here talking about habits, okay? It's all connected. It's all connected, right? The thoughts we say, the words we speak, come from the thoughts we have, and the thoughts we have dictate the choices we make, and the choices we make repeatedly become our habits, and our habits, good or bad, can end up being our priority in our lives. So it's all connected. It's all the same. Right, and stems from our mind. And so with this, what we're trying to do is, is put a spotlight on the area of our lives where we can be more disciplined through the Lord's help. How can he help us become more like him and be disciplined? Amen? Amen. So, so I believe the first thing we can do in order to uh, form good habits is invite the Lord's discipline. Invite the Lord's discipline. Invite it. So David understood this principle when he asked the Lord to search him. He, said, he says in Psalm 139, uh, he says, search me, God, and know my heart. And then he takes a step further and says, test me, know my anxious thoughts. And so the picture I get in my mind when I see David asking the Lord to search him is, I don't see him with his hands in his pocket, search me, Jesus, or search me. I see him, you know, surrendered, arms open wide, search me, look and examine, see if, know, test if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me, lead me. And he, and he, out of all people, would know best what it means to lead, because he leads his sheep, and he's asking the good shepherd, lead me. I'm prone to wander. I'm prone to do my own, my own habits that are not pleasing to you. Right? So the first thing I believe we can do is invite the Lord's discipline. Invite it. And it's, it's a prayer of invitation for the Lord to correct us. Right, uh, as the as uh, it said earlier in Hebrews, the Lord disciplines. The Lord loves whom He disciplines. It's it's all love. And so let's continue on in Hebrews twelve, starting in verse seven. It says, "Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as His children. 
It's a blessing. God is treating us as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and not daughters at all. Man, not legitimate. So if the Lord doesn't deal with us, then we're not legitimate children of his, not sons and daughters, but he does it because he loves us and he wants to teach us how to be like him, okay? Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and then we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, it seemed like forever for me, uh, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. So for our good, I believe for our good encompasses a wide range of areas in our lives. He disciplines us for the good of our health, for the good of our hearts, for the good of our minds, for the good of our relationships, for the good of our marriage, for the good of our, our, our finances. He, he corrects us, he guides us and leads us because our flesh is prone to wander and do what it wants to do. He guides us for our good. And then, not only that, to share in his holiness. How beautiful is that, that the Lord desires for us to share and be a part of his holiness. Hey, be a part of what I'm doing, my holiness. Holiness meaning set apart. Let's be set apart together. Share this with me. Amen? So as we ask the Lord just to examine, examine our hearts, Jesus, search my heart, know me, test me, know my anxious thoughts, uh, try me. See if there's anything that's offensive to you. What, what am I doing? What habits do I have that's not pleasing to you, Father? What, what habits is? So I believe the question there that we can ask is, what is one habit that's not glorifying? So what's one habit? One habit. Just one habit. And I, you know, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. This is like Mike said, this is not, this is not condemnation. If you feel that, that's not, that's not for me. That's certainly not my goal. Um, condemnation does come from our enemy. And the goal is to understand that God has the best, the very best in his heart for all of us, for all of his children. And he is treating us as his children with love and care and tenderness and mercy. So question, what, what one habit is not glorifying you? And I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. If you, hey, if you need some bad habits to write down, I will give you 20 right now. If you need, if you need help, I will give you, I got a ton, okay? I will help you out, not a problem, okay? So that's just one thing we can ask the Lord there. So after we invite him to search us, Lord, what am I doing that's not pleasing to you? Then I believe we can act on his prompting or his leading. Act on his prompting, act on his leading. So how do we do that? How do we act on his prompting and his leading? Well, I believe that it will look different for you than it will for you than it will for me. It will look very different for each of us how we act out what the Lord tells us that we have to correct. It will look very different for all of us. We're all at different places in our lives with the Lord. We've all been through different things in our lives. We've all seen different things, and so it will look different for you than it will for, for me, right? I keep doing you and me, or me and you, whatever, okay? So act out his prompting. So uh, Paul's ex Paul explains to a letter to the, Corinth to the church at Corinth, he explains the importance uh, of what it means to act out what the Lord is telling us to do. And um, so the church at Corinth would have been already familiar with what he was about to tell them. And Paul, Paul tells them about running a race. 
Paul tells them about running a race. And so these guys are already very familiar with what he's talking about, the race he's talking about. And they know he's talking about the Isthmian Games. Don't ask me how to spell it, but it's Isthmian is like the phonetic, okay? Isthmian Games is what, is what they do, what they did in Greece. And it happened every two years in the spring, right? And um, so these competitions were arranged from boxing, running, uh, right? Just all kinds of different um, competitions. But these guys, these guys did not have a second place or third place winner. It's crazy. How do you not have a second and third place? Like, come on, that guy did, you know, second best good. The guy did third best good, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> but there was only one winner. There was only one winner. So they, they were well aware of this, of these games that happened. And these games were like in honor of the Greek, the Greek god Poseidon, all this stuff, right? So let's read what Paul tells the, the church at Corinth here in, in 1 Corinthians. Let's read it here together. It says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run. So he was like, those guys, they do it for an imperishable wreath that they'll, they'll just hold on to and they'll get some praises and accolades from people that they'll never really care about in the next couple weeks. But therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. So I'm not, I'm not running without no goal or purpose in mind. I box in such a way as not beating the air, not pointlessly, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached, and this is where it comes, like it hits home for me. After I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Yikes. So I can, what would it look like if I come up here and like, yeah, we got to get habits and we got to get good and habits and the Lord's discipline. And I go out back and I get a full cup of coffee with 10 pounds of sugar in it. Right? That's nonsense. That's terrible. That's hypocritical. So that's, this is what he's challenging the people to do. Like, if these guys who are getting a temporary prize and get this temporary recognition for this moment of time that's going to pass away are training their bodies and their mind extensively, consistently, physically, just to get this little prize, how much more should we, the church, how much more should we discipline ourselves in order that we would go for the prize that is above anything else, the prize of pleasing Jesus, the prize of being with him for all eternity. So we get to run this race. So he's challenging them to run this race. He's challenging them to run. So I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not here to point fingers because, like I said, I got some serious things I got to work through on my own part. I have some uh, habits that I've formed over the years that I want to get rid of by the grace of God. But I'm, what, what I want to challenge us as a church body to do is ask the Lord, God, you know me better than anybody else. You know all the concerns in my mind and my heart. You know why I do the things I do. You know why I say the things I say. Lord, what is it that's not pleasing to you? Show me, correct it. And then show me how to act on it. Show me how to act on it. So the question there that, um, that we can ask ourselves is, what is one discipline that I can pursue? 
what is one discipline? So we got one bad habit, Lord. All right, show it to me. Now, what is one discipline that I can pursue? What is one thing that I can pursue to glorify you, right? The word tells us that in all that we do, we should be bringing glory to God. So I, I want to, and I want to, like I said, I'm not, I'm not here pointing fingers. I, myself, am not a disciplined person. I'm not naturally disciplined. Honestly, I'm really not. You know, and uh, so back in Virginia, um, you know, I used to, if you could believe it or not, I used to cook every Monday. Believe it or not, yes. Steph let me cook, okay? And it was, it was average, it was average, okay? So I cooked every Monday, right? And I was, that was, I was in the habit of doing that, but work became the priority. Me working constantly, if it wasn't meetings, it was events, if it wasn't events, we were traveling, if we weren't traveling, it was youth nights. So constantly going in, work became the priority, and my wife was not. We used to have date nights. We used, I used to cook for her. And here I had the work, my priority. And so it wasn't only until recently that we started going back on dates. But for so long, work was priority. So like I'm saying that to say I'm not, a, I'm not this disciplined person telling you that we are all, you know, we all struggling. I'm saying that the Lord has something in store for all of us. He has his best for all of us. And I cannot wait to see what God's going to do inside each and every one of us. He's going to do something special. And it's, like I said, it will look different for you than it will for me. And so maybe some examples are maybe you want to get closer to the Lord. You want to draw closer to him. And so maybe you, you want to just read the Bible more. Um, you know, what I've done in the past is just set some alarms at night. If I do it in the morning, I set one at night. So I, at 10 o'clock, you know, it's, it's game time. Or maybe you want to save regularly. You want to start saving more. You know, you can set up a, uh, just a, a date on your calendar um, with the family, how we can go over our finances. Or maybe it's tithing regularly. Um, you talk to Pastor Michael myself about what it means to even tithe and why we do it in the first place. Or maybe it's a, you want to pray more with the family. When we're able to pray more, and then I, I love using my phone as reminders, as alarms. If you want to pray more with the family, maybe set an alarm on the phone for 10 o'clock. Every night we're going to pray together. Or maybe it's date nights. And all I did, that's just a once a month reminder. It's, going, it's, going, it's date night, baby. We're going out, okay? And I have a week reminder, okay? In a week, I'll be reminded it's date night. Boy, you better get on it, okay? So that's what I did. All right. So, um, like I said, I'm not this disciplined person. I just believe that God has so much more in store for us as we get ready, as we get geared up for uh, this Daniel plan. So, this next step is very crucial as we determine um, the one discipline that God has for us. This next step is very crucial. It's probably the most important part, and it's my favorite part because I know you guys have all hated me till this point. Um, so here we go. <laughs> so there's some good news. There's some good news in this. The good news is that we have a person. The good news is that we, it's not a thing. It's not a feeling or emotion. We have a person. We have a comforter. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit active inside of us, living on the inside of every one of us who calls Jesus our Lord. That's the good news that we have the Holy Spirit's power. And so the most important thing we have as we are asking the Lord to show us how to form good habits is we have to rely on the Holy Spirit's power, his power that's at work. 
His power, that's there. I want to read to you this, uh, this, this um, couple sentences from this book called um, Circle Maker. Anybody heard of it? Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Um, it's just what he said. This is what he says about the spirit. So he says, um, one of the fundamental misunderstandings of spiritual maturity is thinking that it should, it, I'm sorry, I'll start over. One of the fundamental misunderstandings of spiritual maturity is thinking that it should result in self-sufficiency. It's the exact opposite. The goal is codependence on God. Our desire for self-sufficiency is a subtle expression of our sinful nature. It's a desire to get to a place where we don't need God, don't need faith, and don't need prayer. Golly. So this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is not five steps to a, a life living of discipline. This is not what this is. This is, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. This is what this is. This is not next steps to a disciplined life because all of us, I'm not a disciplined person. I need his Holy Spirit to, to, to guide me, to lead me because my flesh is prone to wander. I would much rather have two cups of sugar in my coffee than have black coffee. Let me just put sugar in it, okay? And, and creamer with sugar that already, I know it already has sugar in it, but I love it. My flesh loves it, okay? So, God has so much in store for us, so much in store. I'm going to ask, if you don't mind, Mary, if you want to come up as we, get, as we come to a close uh, this morning. So the goal, the goal is not self-sufficiency because none of us can live this life without the Lord, without the Holy Spirit. None of us can live this life without him. That's not the goal. And we're not even, the goal is not even self-discipline because if we rely on ourselves, we'll get back to where we started. Because it's still us, it's still ourself. The goal is spirit discipline, being disciplined by the spirit. Amen? Amen? Greater is he within me than he that is of the world. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Christ is our strength. Christ is our source. He is what fills us. God has awesome things in store for us as we get ready for this uh, six week to a lifelong journey for us. He has uh, awesome things in store. And um, I'll be first on the list to say that I need discipline in my life. I need the Lord's correction. I need his rebuke. His rebuke. I need his mercy. And um, with his help, God's going to transform us into his image. I love that so much, how he says, he, he desires that we share in his holiness. Man, that blows my mind. He desires that we share in his holiness. His holiness, it belongs to him. And he's so inclusive. Hey, I want you to share this with me. So most of you guys know, and some of the kids probably know it can say it verbatim, right? Here's a cool part about the spirit of the living God. Okay? You guys know this verse. We've said it since we were little kids. So this next verse, in, um, it's Galatians 5, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, come on, help me out, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, man, what? <sighs> Say it one more time. Self-control. Oh, my gosh. Against such things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ, all of us here, 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Thank you, Jesus, that my flesh is crucified with all its passions and desires, and you give me the spirit of self-control. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that will give me the ability to control myself in a way that is pleasing to you, in a, in a way that is God-honoring. Thank you, Father, that I don't have to rely on myself because myself will let myself down every time. But you have given me the greatest gift, the comforter, who is in me, who is greater, who is more powerful. So we have this gift that's inside of us, everyone. We, we can ask the Lord for his correction, for his, for his leading. And then we act on it, whatever, whatever it is. We write it down, just one. And then we can rely on his Holy Spirit to, to lead us and guide us through this whole process because he's faithful. He's faithful. Man, I'm not even faithful to myself. But the Lord is faithful to us. We remain faithless, but he is always faithful. So as we get ready to uh, get into this Daniel plan, the last thing I think that will help us get some new habits to our lives is that we get connected. We get connected. And uh, as Pastor Mike said earlier, we got all these different group leaders available um, we believe that there's going to be so much life transformation and unity. Um, we're just believing that God's going to just do great things as we, as a whole body, come together, circled around one thing, and that's Jesus. This whole day and plan is just a tool to get us to glorify him in all that we do. It's not a rebuke. It's not a beating over the head. It's a tool that God can use to form, our, form us into his image, to make us whole. So get connected is our, our um, just our encouragement to you this morning um, as we get ready to launch into what God has in store, which is amazing and beautiful. Amen. So please join me in prayer as we come to a close and just ask the Lord to um, let his word just rest on our hearts and our minds. Father, you have amazing things in store for us. You have our best in mind. Thank you, Father, that you desire, you want us to share in your holiness. You want us to become like you in all our ways. Father, we thank you that you're here in this place and that we're going to have a good time of fellowship together. We're going to have a great time. And through this process, we'll be able to encourage each other. Father, you say in your word that we ought to spur one another to good deeds. And Father, we'll, 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 spur another, we'll spur another along, we'll encourage, we'll equip, we'll remind. And God, we just want to see you lifted up in this place. We want to see you high and lifted up and exalted. So God, we thank you for um, this op opportunity and privilege we have of uh, being formed into your image. And we thank you for the work that you've already started, God. You have already started a work in us that you will bring to completion. And we give you praise, Father. We thank you for who you are in our lives and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.